And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. And it's your good friend Jimbo here, back again. After a week hiatus, I was on uh, vacation. Uh, I was camping. I was looking for Mr. Conor McGregor's uh, balls to finally get a fight or something. But who knows, maybe he'll show up to uh, bare knuckle this weekend. Supposedly the uh, rumor is that he's going to be in attendance for the, the Lobov Alganagi fight, or however you say his name. I, I just call him the Chihuahua. That, that's always sounds like to me. He's like, hey, 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 hey. They had the, the face-off today, uh, press conference face-off, whatever you want to call it. And it was a pretty intense stare-down, but a uh, lot to talk about today. Um, like I said, I know I wasn't here last week, and uh, Shoulders and me didn't do a show last week either because I was pretty much in the wilderness. Um... But UFC 238 was uh, two weeks weeks ago, and hell of a card. Um, definitely was a very good card. Uh, and I'll, I'll give UFC credit. The past couple uh, cards that they they put out, you know, fight nights and stuff like that, have been pretty, you know, entertaining. Um, this one you had a nasty, nasty knockout that we'll we'll get into, and uh, you had a uh, yeah, ugly, gruesome eye injury for Donald Cerrone, which surprisingly he had no broken orbitals or anything like that. It was just basically pure uh, air uh, in, in his eye socket. But like I said, we'll, we'll touch on that. Uh, a possible big name UFC fighter will be a free agent may test the waters we'll go we'll you know we'll, we'll touch on that as well uh, and once again some more retirement news um, and this one was one of my favorite trash talker uh, guys in, in a way and then we'll you know we'll end the show with the previewing or you know whatever you want to call it, of bare knuckle fighting championship six here it is a year later uh a year and maybe two weeks uh since the first pay-per-view and it sounds like they're still going strong they're, they're getting some names now uh you know we got chris lieben on the roster now lobov paul malganagi um and you got some other other ones Doing cross promotions with, uh, as far as Beck Rollins signing with Bellator, kind of putting the, the bare knuckle on hold for right now. So I'm curious to see what they do with the, her belt there, if that's going to be stripped or whatnot. But to kick off the show, like I said, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on UFC 238 just because, like I said, it was two weeks ago. Um, but I do want to touch on a couple of the, the fights that happened. First and for foremost, uh, the Tony Ferguson Donald Cerrone fight. I see a lot of people 
saying that Tony should fight for the title now. You know, it's an unfortunate event that will happen to Cerrone and Dana White. Say that you know they may try to play it back. Listen, Tony, he, he was just he was picking them apart. Who would have known if Cowboy didn't blow his nose? Because that's basically what happened. Was he, he he after the second round, I believe it was. Right before the the ref said, you know, are you guys ready? He had a broken nose and went to try, I guess, blow the the blood out or whatever, and just completely swelled her, his eye completely shut. Uh, it, it looked like Rocky Four when Rocky's eye was completely closed. I was waiting for him to to yell, "Cut me, Mick!" But doctor has stopped it was the right call you know you only can see how one eye what, you know what are you gonna do about that um me personally as a fan i would like to see them play it back and run it back but i don't think that's the right thing i i think tony has done enough has won enough um to deserve a, a title shot against the champ whoever that will be in uh, the coming months, uh, whether it be uh, Habib or uh, Dustin Poirier. And if it's if he does get the, the shot at the belt, I think a fight with Poirier may be a, a more entertaining fight. And I think he could beat Habib, but I think Habib may try to take him down and and wrestle him but Ferguson has come on strong the past year or so two years uh, and seemed like he's really getting into his his prime years and and, and just fine-tuning all his his uh, his trait uh, as far as cowboy I saw someone post out there about him facing Justin Gaeth. That fight, I think, would be a really good fight. Both guys are two tough son of a bitches. You know, Gaeth with his knockout power. Cerrone obviously has a chin because there was a lot of good hits that Ferguson put on him. And, I mean, stunned him, but nothing that, you know, completely took him out of the game. And I'll, I want to give uh, a little respect to Ferguson too, because right after that, you know, everybody, everybody was booing about the stoppage, and I don't understand fans when they do that. I mean, come on, the dude's eyes completely shut. You gotta—I know you're there to get entertained and everything, and you paid all that money, and it sucks to see a fight get stopped. But nothing against WWE, but this is not script. This this stuff happens. I mean, look at the Anderson Silva, uh, Chris Weidman match a few years ago with the when Silver broke his leg did you really think they they plan that like have a little common sense when it comes to stuff like this you know uh but I want to give respect to Ferguson for coming out and saying you know if he wants to run it back run it back he may be regretting that now because I don't think if if he didn't say that I don't think Dana White would have ever came out this quick and said, you know, we're thinking about running it back. But, uh, then after that fight was, uh, the women's flyweight championship bout 
with uh, Valentina Shevchenko against Jessica I. Now, I picked Jessica I with the upset, and wow. I mean, I, I think they're still looking for her head. She got kicked so hard. I mean, knocked out cold. Again, give respect to Shevchenko because, you know, you're told to jump on top of the opponent and keep punching until the ref pulls you off. And I don't think Jessica I's body hit the floor yet, and she knew she was out on her feet. Um, that kick, that had to be up there with uh, the Gonzaga Crow Cop kick. I mean, just, just nasty. Um, some of the pictures I saw, you know, the ankles, like the whole her whole body, Jessica I's body was all tensed up, and like it, it was, it was a scary, scary knockout. Luckily. Jessica was okay. Um, you know, she was able to walk backstage on her own uh, power, if you want to call it that. But I'll tell you what, um, even Paige Van Sant said this past week, I don't know who's going to beat her. I don't know who's going to beat Shevchenko. Her her boxing is top notch, and, and now if she has, if, if she can mix in these kicks like that, man. I just hope that, you know, UFC and Dana White gives the flyweight division a little bit more time to hopefully bring some talent in. I, I really think, to kind of touch on that too, I really think the the UFC should invest a little bit of money in like more scouting for women like this. Um, you know, if you remember when Ronda Rousey won the, the championship belt in strike force and came over to UFC and Dana White was totally against it and this and that and he you know he let her fight and she went on to that long tear of what was it, like six seven wins or whatever and then Holly Holm came and you know it just you know Holly Holm came Nunez started coming up uh, Misha Tate you know it when Ronda came over it just that that talent pool wasn't there just yet and now if you look at it it's a little more competitive now it, it took a couple years to to build it up you know um, adding new weight divisions doesn't grow overnight you gotta you gotta take your time with it and and find the the right fighters for that that weight division um, just like uh, the, the main event for UFC 238 with uh, Henry Sejudo, uh and Marlon Morass in the, the Bantamweight division. As much as I didn't like Henry, uh, I got to agree with Joe Rogan. You know, the first round, his game plan wasn't really working. And the second round, he just he switched it up. You know, he figured it out and he got the TKO. And claim the the belt. Uh, the belt now he's a, a two division champ. He joins, uh, I believe it's Conor McGregor, Daniel Cromier, and Emmanuel Nunez as uh, as champs. It's kind of funny that once Conor won it, it's the new thing now, you know. And I hope they, I hope UFC kind of backs off on it a little bit. 
um, and not like kind of forces it from now on. You know, I know Henry said that he wants to go up uh, and fight Max Holloway to get that belt. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that or not because I know he, uh, this past week they said he had, had uh, shoulder surgery. So he's going to be out for a, for a little while. But, I mean, overall, it was a very, very good card. Um, I put a poll out right after it, you know, asking you guys what you, what grade would you give it? Um, a plus, B, C, or fuck this card. And 71% of you guys said A plus. And I have to agree with you. You know, that, that was a... That was a good card, and one of the other polls I did put up was uh, about the Tony Ferguson, Donald, uh, Donald Cerrone, should they run it back, and 76% of you said that they should run it back. I just wonder how much of that 76% is the fan talking of, I think that's going to be you know, an awesome fight, but not thinking about the title implications. If Tony loses this and that. Because even Dana White came out and said he's not sure if Tony's still the next one in line. Which, I mean, Dana, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, what else does a kid have to do to, to get a, 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 a shot at the belt? And you, actually, if you go over to bellyupsports.com and head over to the forum, we kind of had a... A little discussion going on there about Dana White. You know, do you think he's a clown or do you think he's bad for MMA? And my one response I put there was, he is a clown, but he's not bad for MMA. Um, if you look what he did for UFC over these years, he built that up from nothing. I mean, that was it was basically dead in the water, and he built it up to a a juggernaut of a business. But I think he plays the villain on camera and on Twitter. You know, picking the fights with the fans and telling them shut up and blah, blah. I bet you behind the scenes with the fighters, you know, like you saw when Connor threw the the dolly through the, the, the bus window and stuff like that. He made sure, you know, Rose was fine and all the other fighters were they okay. And if they didn't want to fight, they were, they'll get paid and this and that, the other thing. So... I think he he's more a WWE type villain on camera. I still think he's a clown. I he, he, he's starting to, to he's been rubbing me the wrong way a while now, especially with this whole controversy. I guess the Contender Series uh, last night, the night before, the one guy that they were uh, scouting, I guess he was destroying this guy. And with 10 seconds left, the kid went for a double leg takedown, and that's why Dana White didn't sign him. He said he has the skill set, he has the story, he has everything, but you went for that takedown, and I can't sign you. Why? So I actually hope Bellator comes in and tries to sign the kid, you know, and builds him up and make Dana White uh, regret not signing the kid. But speaking of possibly regretting signings Chris Cyborg Justino may be a free agent uh, soon uh, she has a fight coming up in July at UFC 240 and it might possibly be her last 
fight in USC, being that it's her last fight on her contract. Um, a little background about her. I mean, she's a former UFC women's featherweight champion. Uh, she was an Invicta champion. She was a Strikeforce champion. I mean, she's a legend. Um, everybody says Ronda brought women's fight to UFC. Yeah, I'll give her that. And some people think Ronda brought women's fighting to MMA. I don't think so. <clears throat> I always said it was it was uh, Cyborg and uh, oh jeez, girl's name just left my mind now. But anyways, I mean she was a she's a dominant fighter. She's knockout power left and right unfortunately her last fight with Manny Nunez she I think she actually thought she could knock out Nunez and she came in brawling and Nunez caught her and knocked her out to to win the belt but some people in the UFC don't think there's much value in Cyborg now here's my question to that kind of looking back at the Ronda Rousey situation where she was a dominant fighter in that division in strike force and in UFC <clears throat> but the talent finally caught up to Rousey is the talent finally catching up to Cyborg I mean I don't think it's as bad as it was for Rousey um, I still think Cyborg is definitely a entertaining fighter that UFC should resign and she did say that she will give an exclusive negotiating window to UFC before ultimately saying okay I'm gonna test the free agent waters see see what's gonna see what my real value is um, I mean she was quoted to say I want to see other promoters see how much value I have I think it's cool to see that before you can hear anything about that you don't have value let's see what another promoter has to say I'll tell you what, I think if UFC don't sign her and she says, or they low bar baller and she says, all right, I'm going to test the, the waters. Again, I could see Bellator stepping in and throwing the value money at her that, that she wants, that she deserves. I mean, how can you say this, this, this girl, this fighter has no value when she's 20 and 2. She was undefeated for 13 years until losing to Manny Nunez. Are you saying that she has no value just because for the longest time you guys had a rocky relationship with each other? You know, uh, Dana White going on uh, on ESPN and, and saying about... The, the rematch that uh, Cyborg said she wants against Manny Nunez. Dana White said that, you know, he, he doesn't think she wants the rematch. When Cyborg with Ariel Helani, talking to Ariel Helani, um, said that she, she texted him about it, she's called him, she's done everything to try to get that fight. Now, what it sounds to me is sounds like Dana White is starting to do like a little early PRing um, 
in case Cyborg leaves to go to you know one championship or or Bellator or whatever it would be. And if she does, then he could say, well, you know, she had no value here, and you know, she says one thing but doesn't want this, and blah blah. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Uh, I just think it would be a, a stupid move for UFC to let her walk, especially when you're trying to still build that division up. You know, you don't want to bring you know c-list type fighters in and just to keep getting pummeled by nunez and shavanko and um andre uh andre whatever the, the other girl's name is uh the other option that she has too and this is kind of kind of interesting is she did uh, cyborg did bring up about possibly wrestling uh she was seen at uh, last week's All Elite Wrestling show in Las Vegas, or I'm sorry, last month. Um, she said she's not rolling that out. And even said she didn't get to fight Ronda Rousey in MMA. Maybe she'll wrestle her. Now, that's one fight that I could always say I, I wish I would have saw when Ronda was on top of her game earlier in, the, in her UFC career to go up against Cyborg. UFC definitely lost a lot of money by not signing Cyborg at that point and making that fight. Um, there's a lot of fights we always ask each other, you know, what's what's the one fight that you wish would have happened that never happened? Or, you know, this this was mine. I, I would have loved to see Cyborg and Ronda fight each other. I think Cyborg would have won. I think Cyborg would have knocked her out. But one little miss punch and Ronda could take you right down and and put an arm bar on her on you you know so it's gonna be curious to see how this all plays out I mean we still got a month and then you're probably seeing it a month or two before any signings or, or talk about it so you probably got three more months or so before find out where Cyborg's going um, like I said I hope UFC makes the right decision and and resigns her and you know, pay her value. You know, it, I mean, she she's one of that helped bring women uh, fighting to MMA. Now, one fighter that you know it seems like every week we talk about fighters retiring, and normally you you know you might want to say unfortunately, but after a twenty-year career, Chael Sonnen has announced his retirement. Uh, last week when he fought uh, Machida and ended up losing um, I saw the kick you know it was Machida even though at, at what close to 40 years old 35 40 years old he's still quick with with his legs with that karate style uh, fighting style that he has it's it's interesting. And when I was doing a little uh, background check on, you know, Chelsea retiring and stuff like that, um, a couple things jumped out at me that I didn't know about him. I started to like him and follow him when he first uh, fought Anderson Silva back in 2010. 
he just knows how to sell fights. And, you know, for our Brazil listeners, yeah, you guys may think he went over the top with it, and maybe he did, but to sell a fight, he was perfect. Almost defeated Silva there uh, before losing, I, I think it was like the second round or so, by Armbar. But then in 2012, they did a rematch. Same thing, sold the, the fight and everything like that. And unfortunately, he got knocked out that fight. But what happened, and I'll never forget this, what happened after the ref waved off the, the fight and you know commentators came in to talk to both fighters, Silva gave Sonnen a hug and told him something in his ear. And, and I think it was like, it was probably Joe Rogan that was doing the interviewing. <clears throat> And he said to Chell, he said, hey, what, uh, what does Silva say? And he said, he, he wants me to come down to Brazil to have a cookout. Like, that's that's awesome. You know, you're you're in there for 15 to 25 minutes, you know, at full length, beating the crap out of each other. And at the end of the fight, to be able to look at each other and say, hey, let's go have a beer. That's a lot of respect. But the two things that jumped out at me was he had like I said he had a 22 year uh, professional career and he had a career record of 30 and 17 with one draw it's just weird that 2010 is when he finally became mainstream with a record like that I mean that's and then on top of that here's some of the opponents that he fought over his career career uh he fought Fedor Alvinko he fought John Jones Rampage Jackson Wanderlei Silva Tito Ortiz Rashid Evans Shogun Rua Forrest Griffin uh Anderson Silva and Michael Bisping I mean you got one two three all those guys were champions at some point in their career I mean that they weren't no slouches, and to be thirty and seventeen, you know, hats off to you. He is a, a analysis on ESPN too, so I like to to see these fighters get into the broadcast booth. Um, you know, you got uh, Dominic Cruz that does it. Um, I don't know. If, uh, Kenny Florine doesn't anymore. I know he used to be with Fox until they went over to ESPN. I'm not sure if he's still doing it. Chromier is pretty good as long as he stays off his phone and misses a knockout. I still can't believe that from a couple of pay-per-views ago. But he's a very intelligent fighter. Very intelligent when it comes to wrestling. I would love to see him in the WWE or in All Elite Wrestling. I think he'd be a hell of a guy on the mic not sure if he's athletic and you know if he's not athletic enough he could be a a, a manager he could be a Paul Heyman you know look at Paul Heyman obviously he's not athletic but he's a hell of a, a mic guy you know so but kudos to you Chael uh, hell of a career thanks for the all the good you know fights that you put on that I was eight that I was able to watch But before we go, 
one of my newer sports that I am I, I've been saying for a year now. I'm all in. I think this is the next big thing. Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Uh, just to give you a little rundown of the card. We have uh, Polly Maganagi versus Artem Lobov. We have Chris Lieben versus... It was Brennan Ward, but he got pulled because he got hurt. I forget who the replacement is. But then we have Reggie Barnett and Johnny Bedford for the BKFC Lightweight Championship. This fight here will end the tournament. This tournament started back at uh, BKFC 1. Uh, then we have Joey Beltran versus Jamie Campbell. Then we have Abdil Velasquez versus Travis Thompson and Julian Lane versus Tom Schof. I'll tell you what, this card this card could be a very, very good card. And to have it topped off with the Malkinagi Lobov fight with possibly Conor McGregor being in attendance. I just hope that it's not I I, I hope it's not a repeat of what happened when Conor Fahabib and jumped over the fence and all that stuff. Because I think if that happens here, BKFC loses all credibility as such a young start. Now, uh, the president of BKFC did say they're going to up the, the security, but we saw how well that went for Vegas when Habib fought Connor. To give a little, a little backstory between why Malganagi and Lobov don't like each other, Maganagi trained with Connor as a sparring partner when Connor was about to fight Floyd Mayweather. Someone leaked a video of Connor supposedly knocking out Maganagi. I think it was a knockout. Um, Maganagi said that he that Connor stepped on his foot and it's all lies and this and that. But there's only one reason why I want to see Lobov knock this a-hole out. They're both doing a great job of selling this fight. Um, you know, the little love tap, slap, whatever you want to call it, in the backstage or whatever, wherever that, that was. And then the little spat from Paula Mognagi at the one press conference. But the reason why I want Lobop to knock him out is Mognagi went further and said, I would spit on your mother if she was here too. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, you don't bring family into trash talking when it's boxing or UFC, Bellator, MMA. That's off limits. Why? Why? Like, what do you gain by attacking a family or attacking their religion? You gain nothing. Sometimes you may even turn fans off from wanting to buy it or take you seriously or take the company seriously. And plus... You know, like, I, I think this could be a good fight. Obviously, Maganagi is a, a world champion in his career. Lobov showed at his last, uh, at his debut Brent Knuckle fight that he could punch, he could take hits. You know, so I think this could be a, a good fight. Um, I believe the Julian Lane and Tom Schof kicks off the card. Julian Lane, I think, fought uh, 
two pay-per-views ago and ended up losing by decision, I believe it was. Tom, Tom Show fought last pay-per-view and he looked impressive. This could be a good, you know, kicking the, the card off right. Uh, I'm going to go Tom Schof. After that, we have Abdil Velasquez versus Travis Thompson. Uh, I think Velasquez has only fought once in uh, BKFC. And I believe he won that one. Uh, so I'm going to go with him again. And then Joey Beltran versus Jamie Campbell. Listen, ever since BKFC with Joey Beltran and Tony Lopez, if they're fighting each other, I'll figure out who I'll pick them. But if they're not fighting each other and they're fighting somebody else, I'm going with those guys. So Joey Beltran, I think his boxing is just really good. And I'm, I'll even say he may win by knockout. And then to really get into the meat of this uh, fight card, and this possibly could steal fight of the night between all these fighters, is Reggie Barnett versus Johnny Bedford for the lightweight championship. Now, Reggie Barnett has been very dominant with every fighter that he's fought. I believe three or four of them. <clears throat> so dominant that his last fight, the guy literally ran around the ring scared and ended up having some of his pay deducted. So you really couldn't get to see Reggie Barnett's offense if that was the first time you uh, tuned into a bare knuckle fighting uh, pay-per-view. But I'll tell you what, he, he's, he's very quick. He's very... He has a very good defense. But I'm going with Johnny Bedford. Uh, I think Bedford has more power. And I think he'll be able to get through that defense. I'm not saying it's going to be a knockout. I could definitely see this go to a decision. And I definitely could see this being a close decision. I believe, I mean, other than um, Beck Rollins winning the belt, every time a fighter won a new BKFC belt, it was by close decision. There were, I don't think there was any stoppages yet. Uh, then after that, we have Chris Lieben versus the replacement. Listen, I'm always taking Chris Lieben. If you guys watched it, his debut last time, uh, I believe it was like 12 seconds. He just knocked the guy out. Uh, guy was, he wasn't very smart and he decided to stand and bang with Lieben and Lieben said, okay, let's go. And Lieben connected and knocked him out. Then for the, the main event. Pauli Maganagi versus Artem Lobov. I kind of answered it already. I said I want Lobov to knock him out. Um, I I do think, I really think Lobov is going to win this. Um, I think Maganagi is going to think this is like, I got gloves on. I can throw 100% power, and he's going. I think he's going to learn that you can't do that. Uh, we've seen a couple fighters so far over the past couple pay-per-views break their, their knuckles and have to quit because they're throwing full power. But here is and to touch on the, the Connor thing like I said, the only way I see after this fight going south is if Paulie wins Connor comes into this ring 
and starts trash talking to Polly, and they just start going at it. I don't think it will be a sell. I think it'll be legit of them going at each other. And like I said, I, I, I could see it giving BKFC a black eye and a step backwards and not a step forward. If Polly wins, and that doesn't happen with Connor coming in and all hell breaking loose, I could see Connor signing maybe a one fight only bare knuckle fight to squash this uh, this beef between his camp and Polly's camp, you know. But you know, only time will tell, and we'll see how that all goes. Um, I definitely will be live tweeting it. Um, I live tweeted every bare knuckle so far. I believe prelims start at. Eight. Not sure if it's on Facebook. I, the past couple times they were on Facebook Live. But the main card starts at 9 o'clock. If you want to follow the show and, and interact with me during uh, me live tweeting, just head over to Twitter. Follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Follow my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports. Head over to, like I said, head over to Belly Up Sports. Not only do they have the forum, they have. We have a bunch of writers that do different types of articles, even video games. Um, if you're looking for something to read at the office or at work or whatnot, head over there. Also, head over to YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, trying to get that built up so we can do some more stuff on there. And also, you can follow us on Facebook. You like us. We usually throw um, the show on there as well. Uh, if you can't find us on iTunes or Spotify, uh, Google Play, all those, all the major ones, you can also find us on Podbean. That's where the network we're part of. But definitely head, head over there, like, share, and uh, that you know I'm supposed to be back tomorrow with with shoulders. We're gonna record tomorrow, so the band is back together. So you'll have another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. Tomorrow night. Till then, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.